Think about it. Virtually everyone has a social media account. I'm talking about Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, and of course, the granddaddy of them all, Big Blue. That's right, Facebook. And everyone knows that social media is terrific for staying in touch. You're talking about posting updates, maybe posting a picture of what you're having for dinner, and lately talking politics. We've all done it. But what you may not know is that every single thing you post, every single thing that you like, every single thing that you search for is being turned around, collected, saved, analyzed, and maybe used against you. And you know what? There's very little you can do about it except go offline. There's this false option that you have of not participating in social media and not being online, right? Then you can protect your privacy, but that's not really realistic. I'm Kim Commando, host of America's largest radio show about everything digital. In this podcast, how everything you do online is like putting a target on your back. Why it could mean the difference between a job or no employment at all. Why there's nothing you can do about it. And finally, there is a link between intelligence and curly fries. So stay right where you are. We have a quick message from our sponsors who help make this podcast possible. Hey, let me tell you, when it comes to hiring, you don't have time to waste. You need help getting to your short list of qualified candidates fast. And that's why you need Indeed.com. You can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. And when you need to hire fast, accelerate your results with sponsored jobs. New users can try it free at Indeed.com slash Kim. That's Indeed.com slash Kim. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. Stop and take a ride in my time machine. Back to the mid-1990s. You remember. Bill Clinton was president. The Internet revolution was just really starting. Services like America Online, Prodigy, and CompuServe were popping up. And don't forget, dial up Internet access. One out of 10 Americans had an email address. And you needed a domain name and know how to program HTML if you wanted to write something about yourself online. Oh, the good old days. Not really. Today is a lot better when it comes to tech. It was really like a technologically heavy task to put even the most basic thing online. That's Jennifer Golbeck. She has her PhD in computer science and teaches at the University of Maryland, College Park. She wrote an interesting book about social media. It's called Analyzing the Social Web. Her research focuses on the hidden information that we reveal through our day-to-day online activities. And we have revealed a lot about ourselves over the years. We started to get things like classmates, if you remember. They're still around, but you'd probably get spammed by them. And uh, and then Friendster, and then MySpace around 2003. And they were very different than social media now. Things weren't necessarily easier, but they were simpler. Here's why. In the very beginning of social media, you simply created a profile, you added a picture... And then maybe tweet your profile a little bit. That was pretty much it. Your so-called friends would stay up to date by reading your updated profile. But then things changed. Facebook followed from that. And within a couple of years, they started this idea of the wall and then the newsfeed where you could post updates. And that's really the state of where we are with social media today. Today, you can instantly update your wall and tell everyone, and I mean everyone, what you're doing at all times. 
Pasta for dinner? Take a picture. Eggs Benedict for breakfast? Well, you better update your post. People around the world know exactly what you're eating, even before you pick up your fork. But you can bet that someone is making big bucks with all that information. The web has always been driven by money. You know, in the 90s, it was driven by porn because that was the only industry making money. Uh, and then it was driven by e-commerce. And now it's really driven by search and social media. And there's a huge amount of money to be had. That's because we post a lot of valuable information about ourselves and others online. And all that information helps marketers with target advertising. I know what you're thinking. So what? It doesn't take a genius to know that if you like the company Planters, you're going to start seeing peanut ads. The same goes with certain types of smartphones, speakers, or music. But what I'm talking about today is that companies run these algorithms and they discover obscure characteristics that open the door to more targeted ads. Think about this, and it does make sense. Your purchasing habits change the day you had a baby. That's when you started buying diaper after diaper, formula, baby food, onesies. The list goes on and on. Stores also noticed the change and looked back, researching what you purchased nine months or so before having that bundle of joy. Jennifer says that companies then ran an algorithm with thousands upon thousands of women and discovered the women who purchased extra vitamins, bigger handbags, and brightly colored area rugs were more likely to be in the early stages of pregnancy. And it's not that any of those one things are uncommon purchases, but buying them together turns out, for some reason that we don't know, to be much more common among pregnant women than among non-pregnant women. Researchers used the data from hundreds of thousands of women and found a subtle pattern that isn't logical, but it's statistical. And researchers are doing this over and over again with data that people have never explicitly shared. In this case, Target ran their algorithm and they found out that this shopper was pregnant and she happened to be a 15-year-old girl. And they revealed her pregnancy unintentionally by sending coupons to her house for things like uh, diapers and baby bottles. And her parents got really upset about it. Um, and I'm sure she did too. But it's one of these unintended consequences that come from having all of this data out there. The data grows exponentially when talking about information being gathered through social media. And that's for a few reasons. Number one, we're talking about a lot more people. Remember what I said at the very beginning of this podcast? Facebook alone has 1.6 billion users. And another reason, you're sharing a lot more of that data than you think. For instance, all your likes are public. Your basic profile information is public. And don't forget about your profile picture. That's public too. It may not sound like a lot, but it is. But there's actually quite a number of pieces of research that have come out that uh, can tell, for example, if someone's depressed and some of their personality traits just by analyzing visually what kind of picture they post. You know, is it black and white? Are there other people in it? That kind of thing. And if you don't have strong privacy settings, they can also get access to your posts, your friends list, other pictures that you've posted or are tagged in, where you work, where you go. And the list goes on. Even from the really small slices that are always public, they can find a lot out. Right now, all that information floating around the Internet is mostly used in benign ways. I'm talking about things like targeted advertising. And in some ways, it's a good thing. 
great to see ads for things that I want if I'm going to see ads. And of course, we see this manifest in other ways, not necessarily just from our social media data, but Amazon and Netflix, for example, they have all this data about what we've watched or what we've bought, and they use that to recommend other things to us, which can be really useful. I'll tell you about a big problem. Before we get to all that, just stay right where you are, because I have to extend a special thank you to our partners in this podcast. They help make it possible. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss an opportunity to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Commando On Demand a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at invest.robinhood.com, invest.robinhood.com. It's fun learning about all kinds of new things, and we know you like to stay up to date on everything digital, so check out the Tech News Today podcast. Subscribe and start every day with the latest tech news. Search your favorite podcast player for Commando with a K and look for Tech News Today. Now the problem. When your data is being used in ways that you didn't want, it can feel invasive, intrusive, almost like you're being violated. With social media, we're getting very good at predicting people's risks of developing all kinds of medical conditions, all kinds of behavioral issues. That means a computer algorithm could determine your tendency for violent behavior. A school might kick you out, you might get fired, or you may not get hired. All of that because you watched every which way but loose, ride a motorcycle, and eat large amounts of red meat. And here's an even better one. A student might be accepted to an exclusive university because he or she likes curly fries. One example from this great piece of research from Cambridge University, one of the things that they looked at was intelligence. They had people take a standard intelligence, like an IQ-style test, and then they tried to predict their intelligence from their likes, which they could do. And they reported in the paper the likes that were most indicative of high intelligence. And they listed four of them. They were liking the page for science, which maybe makes sense because it's a little geeky. Thunderstorms, the Colbert Report, and curly fries. How can your intelligence level be measured by curly fries? It makes sense, at least on paper. That's because it's a weird statistical flash in the data. Probably the guy who made the curly fries page happened to be smart. We know from sociology that people tend to be friends with people who are like them. So smart people tend to be friends with other smart people. So this guy makes the page for curly fries and he likes it and his friends see it and some of them like it and some of their friends see it. Well, his friends are going to be smart and their friends are going to tend to be smart. And so it kind of spreads through Facebook. In the end, if you come along and like the curly fries page, the computer doesn't know what curly fries are and it doesn't know what intelligence is. It just knows that you did a thing that other smart people have done, so you probably are one too. It's a sociological theory called homophily. Essentially, that means birds of a feather flock together. All these algorithms and theories tell a lot about a person when you concentrate on their social media presence. Narcissism, um, how well people work in teams, their likelihood to stay at a job, their, their consistency, their satisfaction... 
Your Facebook post may make a potential employer think twice before hiring you. Maybe your son or your daughter won't get into that school that they want. Or maybe the bank will deny your mortgage or give you a higher interest rate based on an algorithm. Case in point, Wells Fargo. The company ran an algorithm and discovered that people living in certain zip codes had a higher probability of not paying their mortgages. So the bank would give homeowners in these areas higher interest rates despite their credit rating. Turns out, the algorithm was biased. That's because a majority of people living in these areas were minorities. Now, not everyone who was a minority was late on their mortgage, but that didn't figure into the algorithm. Authorities fined Wells Fargo after finding discriminatory lending practices. These are unintended consequences that come out of these algorithms, even if we're just doing advertising. And it's something that we're starting to think a lot about, the bias that comes in these algorithms and what it means. If you look at it in the bigger picture, there can be discrimination and bias that comes from these algorithms. And, you know, that's objectively a bad thing. And if you're one of the people negatively affected by it. It's personally a bad thing. Jennifer, a computer scientist who creates these algorithms, admits that's where there are big problems. It feels a little bit like having a conversation with an alien species. When you go, you look at the computer and you go, I have no idea how you got there. Uh, and in fact, we people have done research trying to figure out what's going on inside the algorithms where they make those connections. And we aren't very good at figuring out what's going on inside them. Um, It feels strange to interact with them and see what those algorithms are saying. So far, no one's providing the service that scans your social media posts with an algorithm that provides information for a potential employer. At least not yet. But that doesn't mean it won't happen. In fact, Jennifer says she gets calls all the time from startup companies who plan on providing just that specific service. And by the way, those services won't only scan your posts but also your photos and your friends' posts and pictures, because all that information is useful data. Friends don't even have to tag you in pictures or even be a friend on Facebook. That's because of facial recognition. Software can scrub millions of pictures on social media and link two people together. We're going to talk about the benefits of social media that you probably never thought of. But first... It's 2019, and technology has grown leaps and bounds since 1999. So why are you still using that old, outdated software? Find software that fits your business's needs using Captera.com. I get asked all the time for different recommendations, and I refer people to Captera.com. With over 700,000 reviews of products from real software users, discover everything you need to make an informed decision. Search more than 700 specific categories of software, Everything from project management to email marketing to yoga studio management software. No matter your business needs, Captera makes it easy to discover the right solution fast. Join the millions of people who use Captera each month to find the right tools for their business. Visit Captera.com slash Kim today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business. Once again, that address is Captera.com slash Kim. Let me spell it for you. C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Kim. There are benefits to social media. And in this day and age, it's the preferred method of communication. Think about it. You'd feel kind of weird sending out 50 emails telling people about your vacation. But you wouldn't think twice about posting it all on Facebook. Think about all the relationships you have through social media. I keep in touch with friends from school that... 
I would have otherwise forgotten about. So there are benefits, but our privacy is important, so something has to change. Jennifer looks towards the government to make these changes. I think ultimately it's going to come down to something where there's going to have to be regulations or laws to grant you that right of privacy. Um, and in Europe, they have that. People in Europe have much greater control over their personal information than we do here. Until that happens, there are things to make the algorithms useless, like cleaning out your entire Facebook timeline. Jennifer did it one post at a time. Jeez. A couple of years ago, I went through and I deleted everything I had ever done on Facebook from like 2005 up until then. Uh, it took me two weeks, eight hours a day, full time. All I did was delete stuff from Facebook and I get rid of everything. And uh, and after that, every two weeks, I would go through and I delete anything that was more than two weeks old. Now, all those algorithms don't work. She's beaten the system. Jennifer is keeping her privacy and keeping her social media accounts. There are now tools that can help. One's called the Facebook Timeline Cleaner. And for Twitter, it's called Tweet Delete. He said an arbitrary amount of time and Tweet Delete does the rest. Jennifer believes that one day, if there's no regulation, there'll be two sides to Facebook, Twitter and all the other social media accounts that exist now and are to come. One side will be a paid portion where you pay for your privacy but still get access. The other side will be free, but you have to give up your privacy to use it. I'm Kim Commando. Make sure you like me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, and you can join me for my national radio show every week on over 400 top stations across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio. To find the station nearest you, head over to commando.com slash radio. And don't forget, you always want to subscribe to the podcast because this way you don't have to do anything and they get automatically delivered to you. So whatever player you're using, iTunes, Google Play, whatever, just make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Thank you. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.